0: I'm Forrest Griffin. Frank Carraway. And Lisa Case. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg
1: Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like
0: MMA, but amazing? MMA amazing Radio.
2: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, he's back, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms.
0: Hey guys, I know you missed me, but I had familial obligations. I had a shit ton of family in uh, last weekend, some from uh, Utah, some from Miami, why don't you guys ask me? Why I have so much family yet?
2: I mean, I don't really care. Some type of reunion. I, I mean...
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for playing along and not being a total a-hole like the esteemed host of our show. Cheers. Thank you, Mark. So, I, uh, my father, we ended up throwing him a birthday party. Um, oh, nice.
2: Ooh, happy birthday. Time.
0: Was this yeah. a big one? 50, 60? I mean... After you get to a certain age, how I once told uh, our friend Sal's grandmother and grandfather, after a certain age, they're all kind of special. You <laughs> sure, never know sure. if you're gonna get to the next one. Um, so he turned seventy-eight. Uh, it was more the all of the siblings. None of us had been together, all of us at the same time since nineteen ninety. Jeez. So. To sound a little more big, we all figured. Well, he's seventy-eight. Uh, I might as well do this sooner rather than later. If you get, if you catch my meaning.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Well, was it
0: fun? Did you have a good it, time? It, I was happy it was over. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's a lot of people. No, But it, 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 in all seriousness, it was hell preparing for it because it was myself and my sister who had to deal with most of the prep. And outside of cooking the food, she was she was right worthless when it came to the prep.
2: So it basically. Someone, someone, send me. this to Mike's family members, please. Just like clip and, off the first five minutes of this podcast. And let's you know. Let's undo all the good work this trip. This little t- trip did for the everyone. The only the only family member that's listening to this. What's up,
0: Joel? He's heard all of this already, mm-hmm. so this is nothing new. He knows. Okay. He knows the rest, though, but
2: he knows. Anyway. I was going to ask, Mike, what day is today?
0: I mean, today's Monday, but I think you are referred to, to what national day is today. Sure. Um, I mean, I was, I'm trying to play along, ha-
2: but okay. <laughs>
0: Yo, man, I'm, I'm I'm hyped right now. I missed you guys last week. But Aww, I come with cute. the thunder <laughs> this week, all right? All right. I wish you all a happy national day. Barcode Day. Those are useful. And that was ruined by esteemed rapist Bill Cosby. I wish you all a happy National Chocolate Pudding Day.
2: Did you? I don't think esteemed is the right word there. Like maybe notorious. I don't think you get (laughs) esteemed for being a rapist. Yeah. Uh,
1: I associate him more with the, the Jello that than man. the chocolate pudding. I, again, I'm when, just saying,
2: esteem is not the correct when, piece of so what we just you did you here. Put up,
0: when you put up Wilt Chamberlain numbers for the horrible things he man- that man did, you know you you got to put him in another echelon. Mm. It ain't a good. I don't echelon, want him to think that he, he's. You
1: got to put him in his own rarefied pudding. air. Great. I want to think chocolate pudding has overcome Bill cut You know what? Considering <laughs> we're on the
2: last couple of days of Pride Month here, I think we should also acknowledge the anniversary of – I never say the name of this case right. But it's the one that they pretty much guaranteed, same-sex marriage. Uh, Hodges Obergfell? Was that the case? Obergfell versus Hodges or whatever, I think. I think – whatever, I get the name wrong. I, I but today, remember. this was the – hey, man, gay folks can get married without the world exploding case. Right on. So, you know, happy pride to those people, to everybody, you know. And uh, hopefully good. the next president isn't the neo-fascist out of Florida who makes your existence can't be said nah, in a textbook.
0: Man. He's tanking. He's a joke. It'll be all right.
2: Yeah, It'll fair be enough. Trump. That's not good either. <sighs> Joe! <laughs> multivitamin Joe every morning. Let's get those calisthenics in. <laughs> Let's keep him loose. Let's bedtime is 8 p.m. <laughs> let's we don't need him unless it's urgent. Okay. Let's keep that man fresh. Double up on that yoga. Exactly. Um all right, boys and girls. Um we're going to talk about like look, folks, let's just put it out there. We're running a professional operation here, clearly. Um but when news is news, we gotta talk about news. And if these two nerds are going to talk about fighting, we'll talk about them talking about fighting. But first, it's appropriate for us to give flowers to the people actually doing it. You know, actually Mm -hmm. getting that shit UFC paycheck. You know, actually knocking fools out in the PFL on a Friday night. Shout out to Sadabusi. Goddamn. I'm going to have nightmares about that wheel kick, Mark. Just letting you know that. Um, Yeah, you got to check that out. um, Let's get into it, though, Mark. We We were excited for this one. Uh, for mm-hmm. a while, Ilya Taporia, Josh Emmett, because I thought even – I think for what we saw, we thought, okay, well, even if it's extremely one-sided, it's going to be entertaining as hell. Well, we got that yeah. option, Mark. Um, uh, I mean – Josh yeah, Emmett have, is made mm-hmm. of fucking steel, and Ilya Taporia yeah. is here as a welder,
1: <laughs> okay? Yeah, we've had two weeks where I think like both main events were lopsided but very entertaining. Uh, we saw a lot of heart. I think this Emmett fight in Topolia was a little bit more, uh, even not evenly matched. Was a little more competitive than um, the Cannoneer fight we saw last week. But similarly, one guy just ran away with it, and uh, Ilya looked extremely polished in this fight. Um, you know, going into it, we knew both guys had really heavy hands. Ilya had a really good grappling resume, as does Josh, Josh Emmett, as a really good wrestler. But I think we're all interested to see what they would do standing because they're just so heavy-handed. And, you know, Ilya's uh, shot selection had, had really impressed me, especially when he went to the body. Now, in this fight, didn't dig to the liver nearly as much as I would have liked, although he, he had some moments there. But it was really the jab. And um, t- to my point, like, I, I think what he did really well, and I think some of it was Emmett not asserting himself and not verifying his offense enough. But Ilya's defense, I thought, in this fight was really good. His hands were up he was taking that quarter step back to get out of range and counter, be in position so he can always capitalize on top of Emmett, um, who just looked a little, I mean, Emmett always kind of overexerts, throws really hard, gets off balance. Um, he seemed even more so in this fight. And, and again, it's not like he historically has had like a really big repertoire of different angles and strikes. He does like the overhand,
0: uh the, he, the overhand he, he right. Want, he almost
2: would want him to be a different person <laughs> for this outcome to change. If Ilya was going to fight that way. Right. It's just for Josh to not fight the way Josh fights almost. Right. Cause like his name, his normal nature was kind of playing into the way Ilya was fighting. I thought, what'd you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Josh is, I, th- you can kind of stereotypically put him in a boxer wrestler type. I mean, you look at like, a Gray Maynard or someone who's like, they're a good wrestler. They have heavy hands. The offense isn't super varied, but I think even with Josh, like his hands tend to be even heavier than a lot of those kind of archetypes, which I think on paper made this fight very interesting. Cause we also know Ilya likes to sit in the pocket, um, does really good work with his left hook to the body and to the head and has Chris boxing. In this one, I think it was really the jab that was doing a lot of work. And it was a lot of the tactical, small things that ilio was doing and, and again for me a lot of it did come down to the defense to his being able to shoulder roll to being able to faint and get josh to to bite on feints and a lot of it on the other hand too you can look at josh i mean one you have to give the guy all the credit in the world super tough this isn't the first time we've seen him like you know just get battered and beaten and keep throwing and keep wanting to fight right there there was never a point in this fight where he was getting demolished especially in the fourth round where it was very close to being finished where there was any stop in this guy in, on a mental capacity where he was like oh i don't want this to fight you know this the doctors came in in the fourth he easily could have said no the corner could have said no um obviously he was down but he still had self-belief in himself and i think to make the fight interesting in the fifth round he did you know the corner did give him you know the go for broke advice and i think there was those first couple minutes in the f- fifth round where it seemed like maybe he could potentially pull off some big miracle because Ilya, I think was very reserved in this fight. He had hurt him pretty, you know, did a lot of damage, but didn't push the gas until it was really like in that fourth round. It's like, okay, he's about to go out. You could potentially finish this fight. He poured on the gas then. And it did seem like when he came into the fifth, he was a little tired, he had really expelled himself in that fourth. It gave Josh kind of this opportunity to try to make something big happen. He went for it. Ilya made the correct decision. And, he like, like, look, Josh is finally coming forward. He's being super aggressive. That's where he was able to time a takedown, take the fight to the mat again, which he was able to do a couple times in this fight, and just dominate Man, and ride I, the rest I really of the round th- there.
2: I, I thought Ilya was going to drop him and choke him. That was my general pick for this fight was, like, Ilya's going to get him down and choke him because people mm-hmm. don't talk about it enough. But Ilya's got – fucking eight wins by submission. He's not like, he's got a real black belt. Like He's got one of those real ones. You know, not the, sorry, Rashad, but not the Rashad Evans. I just had a 15-minute stand-up fight. They gave me my black belt at the end of it, black belt. Like, he got a real one. So Mm -hmm. um, he just schooled Bryce Mitchell, who's a very good grappler, quite frankly. I Mm -hmm. thought we were going to get a choke. Man, Josh is so tough. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Josh is so tough. Mike, um, this man was ranked nine. He just beat the number five guy. The guys ahead of him, Arnold Allen, who just lost to Max Holloway. Brian Ortega, who's fighting. I don't remember, but he's already lost to the champion. Uh, Brian Ortega dislocated his shoulder when he was fighting Yair, and that was a year ago. So I don't know what Brian's even up to. Um, Max Holloway just announced that he's going to fight the Korean zombie in Singapore, which fucking rules. Like, just that fucking rules. And then Yair, the interim champion, is fighting Alex in two weeks. This man's going to get a title shot, isn't he? Like, a barring Alex losing to Yair, this man's getting a title shot?
0: Well, it looks like it's shaping up that way. If anything, just because of happenstance and luck in the draw. Everyone else, who, assuming he is going to be in that five slot um, whenever the rankings are uh, are updated... Everyone else is either injured or is already booked up. So there's really no reason for him to take a fight right now. He might as well just wait six months, maybe maybe less than that, and see
2: where the chips lie after that. We're not – I mean, maybe it's just my fantasy. We're not really talking about Volk going after Islam again, right? Like, Volk is not doing that, we guess, we assume. Like, it seems like they're circling the Oliveira fight for another – you know, time.
0: I thought I had heard somewhere
2: that he he had basically sworn off of that, or maybe I'd heard other people say that for it. I mean I'm not sure. I mean, Mike, your opinion. Like let me give you my two cents and let me see where you got you're at, Mark. You might get your opinion as well. Right now you tell me um who Ilya beats in this weight class. Not who who you're picking him to beat. Okay, I'm not picking him to beat Alex Volkanovsky. No. Yair? Even then, I don't know. Not this is. I'm not trying well, to discount Ilya. I love. I mean, it, we've been driving. About, the, sorry, we've been driving the Ilya train here for a couple fights now. So we're on board, all of us. We know we're on board. But like against Yair, what do you? Would you pick him to beat Yair?
0: No, I I wouldn't pick him to be, beat anyone that's in. I guess now the top four, but it's not about who do I think he can beat. It's about which fight makes the most sense considering he just beat the number five guy.
2: I mean. Mark, I Which mean, are you're, two different questions, I guess, Mark, your opinion on who you where you, where you see him standing. But I guess just for me, I just like this kid seems like on the verge of. Stardom and maybe he can beat the champion, I don't mm-hmm. know, but I really just think like one more and I don't even know what that one more is. I don't know if it's like Calvin Cater or Chikadzi or one of these other dudes or I don't know if Arnold Allen's up to what he's up to or maybe you don't risk it with Arnold Allen, um, but I just think one more before you send him out there against Alex. I don't like that match. I don't like anybody against Alex, to be honest, as long as he's champion. He doesn't seem beatable, you know? But what do you think? Well, I'm, but the guy has to fight people. No, I know he <laughs> does. I know he does. You but you like, if we can, if we can squeeze another on the one pedestal. in. I'm just saying well, I, we squeeze another one in, in like, in you know, October September, and we well, haven't no, got Alex. I think
1: that's fair, and that's, you know, partly why I leaned on Josh, because the, the resume of Ilya hasn't quite been there, right? Mm. He hasn't had a lot of these high-caliber fights. The Josh Emmett fight was his burst. His big first big name, you know, because you can look at Bryce Mitchell and who's the other guy he fought? Uh, was it Jay Herbert or yeah? No one or whatever. knows these people are. Was,
2: big, I mean, people know Bryce, but that was you know ten, number ten or eleven. Yeah.
1: So I mean, this was his first big step up in competition. We had to see how he did. Now he passed with flying colors. When you look at some of these other matchups, they are stylistically very different, right? Josh Emmett fit a a archetype that was very similar to Ilya. They had strong wrestling backgrounds. They had heavy hands. They, you know, like to sit in the pocket. You look at someone like um, Rodriguez, who's a little bit more dynamic, especially with his footwork, especially with the kicking game. The distance is very different. You look at someone like Alec Volkanovsky, who has, you know, a very diverse um, offense when it comes to stand up and picks angles and shots differently. When you look at what he was able to do with Josh, and especially in the fight Josh presented to him, it was very one dimensional. Josh came, it it was honestly, it was a lot of. Josh hanging in the back, getting jabbed to death, and then when he would come forward, there was no feints, there was no variety to his strikes. It was a match where it was almost where Josh didn't necessarily put the best strategy forward. He didn't he didn't mix up his offense to even see if that would have changed the the, the temp uh, you know the tempo of the fight or changed you know how the the flow of it was, and then but Ilya looked amazing in that fight. So how does he do against these more dynamic strikers that have different angles, have different speeds? It's very I think it's very intriguing. And to Mike's point, I think when you have someone like Alex who has cleared out the division, where there's not a lot of new blood coming up, except for Yair, right? Who I think that matchup is very interesting to
2: see how he does there.
1: Um,
2: he's a you know, live Ilya dog, by is, the way. That line is insane. I mean, I think Alex is going to win, but that, the line is absurd. for how, right. Yair is excellent.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's he's very explosive. He creates a lot of angles. I think it's a very intriguing matchup. Um, and Ilya is just a, a new blood. So I think. I agree with you, Bob. Like, I think having him have another fight would be potentially good just to see where he's really at. Um, Will the UFC do that necessarily? Maybe not, because what do you potentially garner to lose there, right? He fights Arnold Allen, right? Let's say say they do that fight. Like, okay, we're going to do a number one contenders. And then Arnold fights him. Max beats Zombie. Max wants another shot at Alex. Max beat... Arnold, you, know, you get into this fuzziness where it's like, okay, now it's not super clear. That's um, what you're saying. That makes sense. I mean, there's, there's lack of the important do. thing is this is what the division needs. Yeah. Okay. When you have a dominant champion, who's basically cleared everything out, you hope and pray that there's a new generation that can come up to take on the mantle or at least Attempt to dethrone the champion because the divisions get really stale when it's just like he's gonna fight Max for a fourth time. Do you, you do know, know what I, I hate love man? Max?
2: He's good. I don't want it. I hated mm-hmm. that they booked Max versus Arnold Allen. It's the same way I hate this fucking Bobby Knuckles and uh, Drickus fight. Like
1: you're kind of you de- potentially d- deleting or because unless you're gonna like, a well the, the Max
2: one is egregious because Max is not getting a fourth shot. Like maybe no, I, Bobby, wanna, I think yeah. Bobby Knuckles is about to get a third shot. By the way, not the. Give away what I'm picking in two weeks, but like, I just, I, 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 Arnold, like, there weren't like he, like, Alex beat a lot of these dudes, man. And having Max, I mean, they got to pay Max to get out of this weight class. I mean, him fighting guys (laughs) like Zombie makes sense to me. That is great. Well, and that's the thing is like, yeah, that kind of removes him
1: almost out of the thing because Zombie is so out of the picture at this point. It is, this is like a legacy type of fight. This is a, we know these guys are going to have a fun fight. Yeah. It's going to be in someone's hometown. We're going to build a card around it. Um, it. It doesn't really have that title implication that I think... We think because Zombie's not really there. What does Max he think about it? He already lost So, didn't yeah, he? I think, I think if Max beat Zombie, he's definitely going to... I mean, because you you know Max is going to constantly yeah. push for another shot because he he, he he thinks he's the guy. And rightfully, as he should as a fighter, you know, why, why are you doing it otherwise? Um, but yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, it's really like... I. I was super impressed with Ilya. We were all impressed before he got yeah. to this. This was his big first step up. He looked really good. He looked super slick, calm, collected. Um, you know, he. this being like, I think this was his first main event, right? I don't think he had a main event before yeah.
2: this. I don't think was. Remember, remember that watch. cute show where people are saying, like, or well, him and Patty are going back and forth? Oh, my God, he'd kill Patty. Oh yeah, we we that. I mean that, Patty's actually. bigger than him, but Patty's forty pounds bigger and he would smoke him today. Yeah.
1: Um but it's just it's one of those things like it it was it was nice to see him have such a big performance to have another contender in this division that we think could fight Alex. And and look, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Alex is gonna be too much for him to handle just because he's gonna bring so much more offense. Um, and so many different types of angles. I think it's going to be too much for Ilya, but it's compelling on paper. It's still like, I want to see what hey, these man, guys and one do. day, one of the, all these unbeatable
2: champions one day they just lose Valentina lost. Right, and we,
1: and we, and we well, saw him lose to Islam, but that was a very competitive yeah. fight against a, a guy in a higher weight class. So like that stock didn't oh. drop And Yeah, it's good. I like where this division is at right now. We have a couple really strong contenders that are going to be fighting for the belt with Rodriguez coming up. Potentially Ilya, and then I do think. I um, mean, if Rodriguez pulls this Alex off, the,
2: the whole thing, all bets are off. Oh, because I mean, because oh, yeah. well, Alex is getting a rematch, the then this guy's definitely fighting sure. somebody else for sure. Um, man, um, Macy Barber. A lot of people wrote off Macy Barber. This is me just congratulating us, is what it sounds like in this podcast all the time. But fuck, man, I'm gonna do it. Macy Barber got written off by everybody after she uh, tore her ACL and lost a fight with a torn ACL to Roxanne Modafferi, and then lost her next fight. It might have even been a split. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a split. But she lost to the current fucking champion, Alexa mm-hmm. Grosso, uh, in a, in her first fight back after tearing her ACL, 13 months off. You know what? People wrote this, wrote this you know, 23-year-old off back then. I'm sorry. Not even 23. 22-year-old off back then. And you know what, man? Uh, all of a sudden, a couple of fights later, she's won five straight. And this was easily, Mike, easily the best win of her career. She went. She she went fucking primal at the end there. I loved it. I loved. I mean, I was. I had a bet on this fight going to decision. And let me tell you, Mike, I was real confident. I looked at these two women and I'm like, this shit's going to the decision. This shit's hundred percent going to decision. Here we go. It's going. To, nope. Nope. I was happy to eat those words. I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm on a losing streak at to say the least. But what'd you think of uh, Miss Barber out there, at 25 years old, just you know, reminding people, hey, fuck, I'm still here. <laughs> Well, you say I'm still here, and you preface that by saying she was 25. So
0: perhaps it's better to say she just hadn't arrived yet.
2: I mean, um, shit, yeah.
0: But I I thought she looked extremely impressive. Um, Shouldn't be that surprising that someone who's 25 is coming into their own. She showed a level of striking I don't think she's shown before in uh, in the UFC. Um her level of ferocity in that octagon when she got Hebus well more like when Hebus would get her down and then she would, you know, defend and be able to reverse position and then just hit her with some hammer fists, like like weird positions while defending like a knee bar. That was that was pretty damn impressive. And then the uh well, what was that? Like a uh, a left straight fake to the to the head kick. That started the uh, that started the end for. Oh, that was the second for time for she Vos. got over the head
2: kick too. But also, like she still had the blood on her shin from the first time she kicked her in the head. That was the best part. Like that, <laughs> that was
0: that was like a textbook textbook like Leon Edwards against Kamaru Usman head kick. When it came to that technique, I I thought it was marvelous. I am, I'm okay with her getting the next title shot. To to be honest. Um, I'm also okay with the dog that she has in her when she said, I want Alexa Grasso, even if Alexa Grasso isn't the champion. Because that lets me know she wants to get back all of her losses. And it's a weird thing because that bravado, when she loses to Roxanne Modafferi, we think, ah, fuck this girl, right? But now it's like when you're winning and – you know, it's basically tempered with winning. You you just think, well, you know, I think this is people, good. People are I like just it. like,
2: she was just like, oh, I'm going to be the youngest champion ever. And I mean, Mike, realistically, she just, she's number 11. She just beat number nine. And ahead of her, Valentina's getting it. we'll talk about it, but Valentina's getting her rematch. Men um, on free row is ahead of them. She's fighting. Um, who's she fighting? I just, met, I talked about it with you guys before. Rose. She's fighting Rose, weirdly enough. Um, those two I mean Aaron Blanchfield is in this weight class still. There's some problems before uh, they give her that fight, but uh, Marcus, man, sports in good hands. We got some young talent in twenty in the twenties coming up in all these weight classes. We talked about it in the last fight with Ilya. We got a uh, we got Macy here, top ten now, top ten in. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, and in- my takeaway from from this fight in particular was to see emerging of her past strategies with her more current adopted strategy she had she had kind of adapted with Team Alpha Male you know in her last couple fights i think she wasn't letting her hands go quite as much i think she was being a little bit more reserved she was leaning on the wrestling acclimate. But I think she was picking up from Alpha Male. She was doing a lot more clinch work. I think it was a safer, more tactical way to rack up some wins. You know, that's what I was seeing in her past fights was like, okay, she's not going to stand in the pocket and kind of throw down like she used to as when she was on her rise. You know, when she was making those claims of being, you know, potentially the youngest champion because she was fighting Tyson-esque, right? It was a lot of in the pocket, big hooks, had a lot of power for, you know, the weight division. And then, you know, had some stumbling blocks, went to team alpha male. And I think they kind of groomed her to be like, look, we can't just go in the pocket and just, you know, roll the dice each time. That's a little too aggressive. Let's get you in the clinch. Let's control the rounds. Let's have a little bit more stability here and then pick those shots in the clinch to do some big work, which she did in this fight. She had that's one of the things she's picked up. I mean, you can look at her skill set and say like well she's getting stronger in the clinch but she's also being able to get in there and do a lot of damage and she was able to do that early in this fight in the clinch she landed a really good elbow busted uh, amanda up and really got the fight going that way what we then saw was this this merging of her two styles where now she was able to clinch control some of those those uh, grappling exchanges but also let her hands go and let her striking go as well which we in the, her last couple of fights she i feel like she's been a little reserved in letting herself go in the striking. And then this time we saw both of those meld together and we saw one of her best performances. So I do feel like this has been a slow evolution of her game where the last couple of fights, I haven't been super impressed. Like you said, her last fight was very close because I think she was using a lot of clinch work to control the clock, which just doesn't have as much um, you know, meat for judging, right? Like that's not a strong criteria as it used to be being able to control the octagon. But now she's merging these two things together where she's also... Now, getting in the strikes and getting in exchanges and now has the ability to, like, potentially, if she has a fight, like, okay, the striking's not going well. I'm getting picked apart. She can lean on some of these other skill sets. She's I, In my eyes, she's becoming a much more well-rounded fighter. Now, like you were saying before, Bob, this field has gotten very competitive. Does this mean, you know, her evolution is going to be enough to get her into title contention? I'm not sure. I think it's going to get her much closer, um, but there are some you know, killers in this division that she will have to contest with at some point that I still think are going to be difficult matchups. I,
2: I think it's a good um, opportunity for us to slowly... Now that we got out of the hole, she's not undefeated. She's not going to be the youngest champion ever. You know, she does beat number nine. Lauren Murphy's at seven. Jennifer Maya's at eight. Caitlin, I guess, Caitlin Dukasian got married. Mazel tov. Caitlin Sermonara over at six. Like any of those matchups for her? I think... Sure. I think, I think Lauren, those Murphy's are, are in the long. realm...
1: Those are in the realm where I feel like she potentially could be very competitive and could kind of get some wins there. I think those are difficult matches, but she can. When we start talking about the Erin Blanchfield, like these are Erin I think is a special talent, like she's a generational talent. That's going to be a tough fight for her. Some of the girls at the very top end of the weight division I feel are still going to be stylistically difficult for her. But she has grown, right? And that's something that we shouldn't discredit, even though and she's growing. Some of these past there's also that. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like her her past couple of fights, I, I've been a little critical because we haven't seen that aggression. She's been a little bit what I would say like more tactical in trying to win rounds and win in uh, you know win fights that way. Which at some point in your career you kind of have to be. I, I feel like your longevity as a fighter especially as a young fighter just going in there and going berserk and trying to be like well i'm just going to land my big shot is very risky and when you start getting into the higher echelon where the skill level and the 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 amount that a small mistake could could cost you you know in a fight becomes more and more you know you know it's measure of inches you really have to start taking those calculated risks a lot more. So, and I feel like that's what she's slowly done. So we're seeing her grow, right? And I think that's a good – That and that's something I said last week is like it's – even though some of her past performances haven't been like the most entertaining in the world, she's showing that she's getting new skill sets. And that's what you need to do to grow as a fighter. So we'll see. You know, the the, the future is bright for her, but it, it's still – it's it's a bumpy road because this division is going be, to be a rough one because there's some good talent. But I'm glad to see her evolve instead of staying stagnant. So it's good growth.
2: Mike, you got any comments about poor Justin Taffa getting bold and bold in the face by a grown man? Um, <laughs> I like my eyes. Yeah, man. That was a rough eye poke. Don't think it was on purpose, though, I don't know, man? Probably just DQ the other guy. I don't tell care that, how unintentional it is.
0: So that's Taffa's eyes.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see if his, they hurt any less. Um, yeah. Again, I think it should have been a DQ. I know it was unintentional, but... That does agree. doesn't, you know, come on, man. This come on. Uh, Brendan Allen took care of business in the first round, man. Another submission win, Mike, that guy, uh, showing, he knows how to grapple, huh?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. It was, it was a very entertaining fight. Um, I do think he probably has to shore up his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, striking defense a bit because it became a bit of a slobber knuckle. Um, before he was able to get the the choke,
2: five straight wins for the man. Uh, first win at not five. Sam Alvey rear naked choke. Next one, Jacob Malkoon, decision. Next, Christoph Jotko rear naked choke. Next, Andre Muniz, rear naked choke. Next, Bruno Silva rear naked choke. Don't give this man your back. His back. Don't give this man your back. I mean, I mean, he made enough of saying it necessarily, but if you can avoid it, don't give him your back. His, ba- his back. Your back to him. Um, UFC is back next week um, I think the Apex like, it has to be one of these guys is on the Wikipedia page yeah it's at the Apex with Strickland, uh, uh, Sean Strickland and Abu uh, Magomedov and uh, my boy Demir Ismagulov is on that card we're going to talk about it at the end here um, Mark I sent you a couple PFL highlights um, yeah I uh, was watching this PFL card really enjoyed myself I, a lot of some of my PFL stuff is kind of stupid Don't think the smart cage is all that smart at times. Telling me how many distance people have traveled and shit like that. (laughs) Don't give a fuck. Um, But man, some fucking violence was on display in this fight, bro. Uh, Sada in the co-main event. Trying to find the name of the gentleman who got the rub bad end of this thing. Um, Shane Mitchell. Man, that wheel kick. That was a mm-hmm. Uriah Hall fucking level, you know, Edson Barbosa level fucking wheel kick. That was an all-timer. When we we're doing fight, it would knock out of the year mark. We need to remember this. Like, yeah, <laughs> we should write it down somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind
1: of, you know, when we talk about the PFL, it's not so much that what the product lacks is necessarily like guys that are talented or dangerous or have exciting fights. It is name value. Right. And if you don't have name value, stuff like this can get you there, right? Like having a highlight reel where like this should be on ESPN. This should be, you know, going viral and stuff. Because it's probably I mean, you you talked about some of the other, you know, great ones we've seen in the past. This might be the cleanest heel kick I've ever seen in any, you know, mixed martial arts fight. I mean, those other ones you mentioned are also very good, but like there was something about the suddenness, the quickness, the the twitch reflex of how quickly he was able to release this and how how solid it landed with the heel, it was pretty much like the perfect, you know, spinning heel kick that I've I've seen in, in quite some time. You know, just one of the most devastating ones I've seen seen. And then, you know, there were some other highlights on this card as well. So
2: Yeah. O A M, man. Beautiful flying knee in that. Well that was that was nice. Very nice. Um, We had a couple MAGA Magomeds taking care of business. Clay Collard knocking Stevie Ray into retirement. Shout out to Stevie Ray. Uh, Great Scottish fighter. Allowed me to make a Harlem Heat joke every single time he fought. Because he'd hit dudes with that slap jack. People didn't like Stevie Ray as much as Booker T. I liked Stevie Ray.
0: He wasn't as good. (laughs) There's a reason why only one of them is on commentary for the WWE.
2: That's not really and sick. only.
0: There's a reason why only one of them, Bad Bunny, has made
2: a song about. Yeah, but they're both in the Hall of Fame because Stevie Ray. Yeah. Slap Jack, I like Stevie it's Ray. Kind of like
0: how yeah. it's kind of like how Christian Laettner is in the Hall of Fame
2: with the Dream Team. Hey man, okay Do not disrespect Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat. Stevie Ray the Fighter, though, man. Happy trails, uh, Clay Collar, Big win there. Um. As Ariel Helwani described PFL well, I thought, where he said, Bellator's got better champions, right? And probably better fighters overall, probably. But PFL, to put it simply, has their shit together, it feels like. And they're putting on a different product. And Mike, if you had to guess how many people watched PFL last week, not this one, the one before, how many people watched, what would you guess? Well, it's on ESPN Heavy, right? Sometimes ESPN Heavy and Plus, but yes, it was on ESPN.
0: What's your guess? Uh, It's a p- primetime, 7 or 8 o'clock on what, Friday? Yeah, not exactly the mm-hmm. night you want to be watching TV, though. <laughs> yeah, but there's no there's no NBA anymore. It's just baseball. Okay, this number so. is not going
2: to impress Mike, then, if he's already breaking it down this much. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to say maybe 500K. That was the number. Oh, wow. Let me is tell you, man, a- you got 500,000 people That's watching your bad. non-UFC main event. 500,000 yeah. people are watching your – I know this is USPN, and it's just on in bars. I get it. But, like, but it's still there, it's still fucking there, it's still fucking there, like, so. And they uh, the deal's still going. I thought, you know, when, th- whatever when this they weird go, sh-
0: Look, when they go into their meetings to like re up their, their ad revenue or whatever the hell business people do with TV, they're gonna be like, Hey, 500,000 people watch this.
2: Yeah, there you go. Um, whatever the whole situation is with Nathan Schlut and Raush Manfio. I'm not sure I've uh, come up with an intelligent response to what happened here. I don't necessarily think the promotion should just change how playoffs are detar- determined here. It doesn't it's not a good look, especially when they did it to like end the result with Shane Burgos, their big free agent signing got in. Uh Shane took care of business in a very one-sided fight but didn't get a finish, which gives you more points in the PFL system. That gives you, you know, you'd advance in the playoffs, but he got in based on this other fight with Schlute and Manfio. Not happening. And those of us who missed the story was basically that these dudes are like brothers, basically, and then they had a fight, and it was basically a glorified sparring match. And PFL didn't like how bad the fight was, so Nathan's not going to the playoffs. Not sure that was the best decision. I also, I don't know. I I, I don't know why they booked the fight either. I don't understand that entirely. That aside, I think PFL's doing real good things out there, man. Um, I don't need to see John Jones and Francis Ngannou having stare downs. I don't give a shit because we're in the same company nothing happened I,
1: but i mean it's like it, that only
2: helps the pfl it didn't no, happen i get it UFC. But like what well, i just i was just like you motherfuckers were in the same you're in the same fucking company
1: like right. what, and just, they couldn't
2: get it done yeah
1: i mean for in that regard i thought it was i thought it was weird that that whole thing like even happened like mm. john jones even like acknowledged uh. it like because i mean he went there right so it's like i was that i found that surprising but at the end of the day it's like The PFL got in headlines, right? They had a stare down with like the fight that everyone kind of wants to see, and you know the smaller organizations always going to be the one that's like fucking. They're both on ESPN, by the way.
2: I know, like this is like I mean, if anybody could make this, could force this. It's
1: them. It, it, ESPN like, it, it'd, I, be, I,
2: it'd be like, hey man, this is across. We want to like, do that. Let's fucking go. That, well, that would
1: that, be insane. Not that, that it's gonna be happen because <laughs> you know that would be real. I'd I'd love that if, they, if they're like, look, neither of you get ESPN contracts if you don't do one big espn pay-per-view event dude, a year. i think that would be
2: dude fucking let's awesome. fucking go let's go champion versus champion and all these fucking things get me yeah. He might have already fought him but give me sergio pettis and brandon moreno he's got a win over brandon moreno already fuck it let's he, go sergio well, like we talked about last week pfl buys bellator mm. and now espn mm. has some kind of stake in I'd assume all they had three of already, the yeah. big
1: ones i mean that would be insane. yeah you get me be,
2: you yeah. get all get let's give me the mma super card give you know we just enjoyed forbidden dough or door dude, which granted dude hundred bucks
1: I'd pay a hundred dollars if they did some big cross promotion, three organizations, champion versus champion, easily a hundred dollars. Okay, Mark,
2: you, you know this because we all definitely pay for all the pay per views. But a hundred bucks is only twenty bucks more than what they're charging, right? Now. I know. <laughs> that's, what
1: I'm, that's what I'm saying is like you can squeeze an extra, Look, extra twenty. Everybody, out of everybody had a
2: real. All the wrestling fans had a real good time watching the AEW New Japan crossover show this weekend. It was a fucking hit, just like it was last year. Granted, it's not a true true Forbidden Door crossover event with no WWE, but people like this shit, man. You know, fuck. People liked it when the UFC sent fucking Chuck, and you know, who else did they send? Fantastic. They sent just Chuck. Who else did they send? Or was it just Chuck? Uh yeah, I mean other guys just crossed over, but they weren't like reps. They didn't show up know. with Dana White on commentary saying Chuck is not following the game plan. He's not doing any as Rampage just beat his ass. You know, <laughs> fucking Chuck had too much fun at fucking Rapungi and Rapungi the day before. And you know, <laughs> where we are. <laughs> um yeah, that'd be rule. Uh Mark's talking about hundred dollar pay per views. We know the real hundred dollar pay per view coming up. But uh, before we talk about, uh, as I referred to, these two dudes, these two nerds not fighting. Um, Mike, Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko are going to do it again, brother. And the word is, it is not a pay-per-view. And it is the same weekend as Canelo's next fight, which is the same weekend as Mexican Independence Day. UFC, no, UFC... I don't think the UFC is so foolish. I'll be honest. I think this I actually like this idea, Mike. I assume they're paid, their show is going to be earlier. And their Would logic is... I think their logic is we're going to get the Mexicans to watch Alexa Grasso. Hopefully not lose her title and ruin this whole idea. And then uh, that will lead into Canelo. Um, the UFC man is a juggernaut right now, Mike. On free TV too. PFL is getting 500,000 viewers. How many million people do you think are watching UFC? They put a title fight on? Canelo's not going to be I happy found, with this.
0: I found that so... At first, I found this so odd mm. that they were gonna put, you know, this fight, which I don't know. I think it's gonna be a pretty big fight, um, just on free TV.
2: We um, haven't had one of those in a while.
0: I guess maybe. I guess maybe that's why I found this so weird. I can't remember the last
2: time we had a, a free title, free title fight. I mean, we have fake titles we're making pay per views for now. For the love of God! I mean, I'm talking like I, real titles. I know. I'm saying I mean, we're, they're harding money for the
0: fake
1: one. Like, <laughs> I think that's the egregious thing. Is like we have to pay money for some pay-per-views that don't have any titles. And then they're just giving away, like, it, it, it just seems, it seems businessly, business, businessly, like, a weird decision where it's like,
2: I I, think, I would I think it has to, to be. watch the three match. I think it has to be what I'm and, saying. I think it's supposed, I think it's like they're going to play into the night. They want to get up, they want to pop a number for ESPN. They're probably doing ESPN a favor too. like, hey, man, want to I mean, be a good maybe, broadcast it partner. Just,
1: it just seems weird because, like, it's like every week we talk about, like, here's all these cards that we don't have to like we have to pay for like ESPN plus or something but they're mostly garbo cards we're gonna you know i think this upcoming weekend is 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 of that ilk kind of where it's like we're not super invested in these fights particularly but it's free so i'm not going to complain necessarily and then it is just weird like oh now there's a fight like this is a highly contested rematch on a like holiday, on a holiday, which UFC also used to do all the time, they used to always have cards on national holidays and make it a big spectacle. And they've kind of gotten away from that for whatever reason. And now they're doing it on, ind- you know, a Mexican Independence Day with one of their, you know, Mexican champions. It just seems very weird that they would just give this away. But it's like I'm not going to complain about it. It just seems like a business decision that was kind of odd. But yeah, maybe there is. They're trying to feed into this. Canelo is the Canelo pay-per-view part of ESPN though? Or I thought was, no, like, it not, it's probably not. That's why
2: they're like. I think I think ESPN is going to. Prob- tra- ESPN's probably going to have like people breaking. But the then fight why, would down.
0: Wanna, why would they want to? Why would they want to lead up to it? would they want to like counter? Because I don't think they're. Gonna, I, think I don't think they're going to uh, beat him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, they, I think what Bobby's saying is right. I think they're going to have the UFC card earlier in the day, and as you mentioned, Mexican Independence Day, Mexican. Mexican champion lead that into another Mexican champ. Just make it a just a fight day for honestly. Put it on ABC or something.
2: I I think it's I honestly even if they went like if Rob went right up against the Canelo fight like Canelo there's been I've seen it before where Canelo like took a nap waiting for the UFC card to end so they could send him out there like they do not the UFC made more money than every other boxing and MMA promotion combined last year like let's the fucking UFC swinging the big dick here. To be honest, that's what's happening here. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I've seen enough boxing
1: matches where it, it is very much like, yeah, you know, the fight's going to start at midnight hmm. or maybe one o'clock mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's just like, you know, those poor commentators are like we can fill another hour and a half talking about Canelo's history or whatever. Well, here's the they hand wraps happening. Job it,
2: but. Stitch Duran yeah. is wrapping the hands. This is from 40 oh, yeah. minutes oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You're talking to all the
2: celebrities.
1: You got saved by the bell guy, yeah. uh, Mario Lopez there. They'll fill the time until yeah. it's ready to go.
2: I mean, if it's showtime, we'll get Jake and Nate out there maybe, or that might be. After sure. That They'll anyway. do a little dance. They'll get the little yeah.
1: prime, uh, sport drink. Exactly.
2: Suits on and, um, another fight they announced, Run for Ro versus Rose Namajunas, I, I'm, I'm not the big, I'm actually, sure, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, I think they're just keeping Rose away from, I don't think they want Rose to fight Whaley again, I think they like, I think Whaley being champion is very important, honestly, and I'm not saying she can't beat Rose, that was a very close, the second fight was closer, mm-hmm. but she beat her twice, we should be doing it right now. We could do it right now, quite frankly, if we wanted to. But
1: Well, it looks like they wanted. I, I can't remember the other lady's name, but they want to do that China versus China match. I, it oh, I thought is, like not it like worth... Lemo.
2: Isn't Lemos getting a title shot? Is that a real thing? I can't remember. I isn't Amanda Lemos getting a title shot against uh,
1: somebody? I thought she lost to. what's Because there, there was another Chinese fighter that won, and they're like. Let's do a Beijing card or something. Um I don't
2: know. I, you know, I, I, thought gonna, I thought it was going to I thought it was going to be Yandrowan on too, but it's going to it's going to be uh Whaley versus Lemoch is on is the co-main event to that O'Malley Sterling fight. So maybe we're doing that okay. after.
0: Mm.
2: I don't know. I just I think know. like that's an interesting card already. You know, in Boston too. Mm-hmm. Just saying. They're going to boo the shit out of Whaley. Maybe they're not giving her she's not she's not facing an American. Maybe they won't. Um cuz Boston crowds, Mike, what are they?
0: Uh, they are pleasant people. I don't know what you're got, trying to get me to say. Racist as fuck.
2: Up. I'll say it. They're fucking racist. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about this bullshit. Um, okay. Let me just start. Let me just... Ben Folk said it well. These two nerds aren't going to fight. Okay? They're not going to fight. A couple things I find to be true here. One, Dana White will always print the t-shirt. They will have the T-shirt ready for this fight that's not happening at all times, sure, okay? yeah. Two, when Dana White says they're going to raise millions of dollars for charity, that money, in this fake fight, in this fight, that's not going to happen, none of that's coming from the UFC. Just going to put that out right now, okay? this is happening right now. Next, I do 100% think Zuckerberg is about it, about it here. Because I do think Zuckerberg is one of those weird jujitsu dudes who thinks – I can choke this guy who doesn't know any grappling. I'm positive I can do it. Whether he can or not, it's up for grabs. Another thing I hold to be true. That fat fat, fat fuck that runs Twitter has no interest in doing this, okay? He has no interest in really doing this. That being said, this is a man who essentially worked himself into a shoot and had to buy Twitter at the end of it. You guys, let's not forget (laughs) what happened here. This man worked himself into a shoot and all of a sudden had $44 billion less because he owned a fucking social media platform. That he is slowly just making worse. He might make money at the end, but someone who uses the product, is not good. Um, yeah, um, this isn't happening. But I, we are also the podcast that spent two years saying that McGregor doesn't McGregor McGregor is not fighting Mayweather, so we've been wrong before. Um, all that being said, I don't care how much bigger than he than him he is. I got four units on on Zuck. Mike, what were your thoughts? What's your thought of this bullshit? I like it.
0: I want it to happen. Look. I am a proponent of Barstool Sports, and Barstool Sports, maybe once every two or three months, they have this boxing competition called Rough and Rowdy, where it's just regular Joe Schmoes that just wail on each other. And it's hilarious because there's a whole bunch of hype before the fight, and then within 40 seconds of the fight happening people remember oh wait yeah these are just normal dudes and they are just gassed out already so it would be very funny to see two of the richest men on earth have that happen too as well it'd be great
2: mark what'd you think
1: Uh, i mean like you bob it's just it's just showboating i mean anyone who actually thinks this fight's gonna happen i think is insane um yeah, you could talk about oh, we didn't think McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight was gonna happen because it would it was unprecedented. We we'd never seen a MMA guy fight a caliber of boxer like that. But they're two combat sport athletes. It's in the realm of possibility that maybe they would engage in a prize fight, being two prize fighters. It's outrageous to think that two of the richest people in the world would get in a cage and fight where we know one of them does have an actress active interest in the sport and is training in jujitsu, um, and potentially, you know, is someone that trains you. I think maybe didn't he do some like jujitsu tournaments or something? Like I think he's actively. Oh yeah, he competed, won some I like local
2: jujitsu tournament. I mean, are right. people going hard, yada yada yada. But yeah, he did. The other, I other mean, guy says sure. he has I mean, some sort of black. Okay, some sort of striker, by the way. The other fucker, like Elon says he's, he's got
1: Elon, okay. Well, I mean, that's the other part of the equation where it's like well, it was obviously going to happen. This guy doesn't have an interest in it. I mean, outside of like the myriad of reasons why this wouldn't happen, like for financial, uh, you know, legacy press, your owners of giant companies, like there's a million reasons why it wouldn't happen. It's at the end of the day, it's just showboating, right? There's just, it's just two Twitter trolls kind of like talking, you know, smack at each other. And, you know, there wasn't for a second where I even thought this was even in the realm of possibility. And like you said, Bobby, of course, UFC and you know, Dana White is gonna get his big bald head in there and be like, "Hey, I'm part of this too." Member UFC, they're gonna. I talked to them. We're gonna do it, you know, and and get everyone all excited and just get his name out there because it's just free publicity, right? It's just another day in the news cycle where like it's not something that he again. Hey, as a promoter, I didn't have to do shit. I didn't have to do my fucking job
2: promoting the 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 organization. This motherfucker these went on the Pat McAfee show on Friday and didn't say two words. Uh, he was about on the fr- about, the about, about, about fucking Ilya Tepuria and Josh. Hebb. He didn't say I mean, two seconds, yeah. so two words I mean, about these anything.
1: guys that are literally training and breaking their you know you know livelihood for our entertainment and it's whatever. So hey, these two billionaire idiots are you know talking smack, and I'm gonna get my face up in here. And get some headlines and remind people UFC is a thing. And maybe some people that don't really know the product now know. It's just, it's just a way for him to sell his product without actually having to sell his actual product. Which sometimes it seems like he's completely disinterested in actually putting effort and you know time into. Um, so it's just one of those. like It's just a circus. It's it's just circus hijinks. And it's fun to think about. Um, if that day ever comes, again, like yeah, he's right. Everyone would watch. I'd pay to watch it. Um, but to Mike's point, it's not because it, we're going to be seeing like a good fight. We see better fights every week on all these cards that we trash and don't give the time of day. Like These are significantly better fights than what this would be. This is going to be but terrible. It's, just, it's, it's a freak show. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, I love freak shows. I absolutely love freak show. And I know what Mike's talking about. I've seen... Was it Rowdy, Rough and Rowdy? It's midgets. I mostly see midgets fighting each other. It's just a freak it's just it's just like, hey, what if we got a couple Joe Schmoes or Tough Man competition? And like that stuff in and of its own right is entertaining. And if you had two of the richest people bludgeoning themselves for our entertainment because they got in some like Twitter spat, it's like Cool dude, sure. I'll watch you beat each other up for money. You're just my little hobo play puppets for the evening, you know, like whatever, but it's not going to happen. Um, but you know,
2: fuck, yeah, yeah. This this is a crazy world where a lot of shit that I need Elon Musk Ego is not going to let this happen. I don't care how much, no. I don't care. First I mean, of all, this is not like the, the same company that owns UFC owns the WWE. Just fucking put this shit at WrestleMania. Okay, I mean, is, well, it, it, that would be
1: better. That would be more entertaining, right? Because at least they can control the product. There's some chair this shots. Ends Someone that, does a bad flop. Oh, it
2: ends 100% with Vince somehow gets inserted into this match and his old ass is on the ground while they both stand tall over him. 100%. 100%. At
1: that's what, what point are we going to see Vince and Dana White like have a, a confrontation? Right, that, That's got to happen at some point.
2: I mean, whatever. Sure. I keep reading how Vince is slowly regaining influence in this company, and I'm just like, well, he owns the fucker still. Slowly.
0: Well, what was the? I was don't know. I, I keep hearing shit. how like
2: he just like calls into SmackDown, fucks up the card, and then just hangs up. That's pretty
0: much what happened. Oh wait, wait, wait. So he's now calling in the SmackDown. I thought Raw was his only. Baby, no, he just fucks he everything up. Them. Apparently,
2: I don't know, man. I just, I don't. The only WWE highlights I see are what's going on with the Usos and Roman. That's where I'm at now. So pretty much. I mean, they're doing a good job with that. Fuck. Um... All right, um, let's talk about this card, which has got exactly two things worth mentioning. Um, All right, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. Um, Abus did so fucking well in his one UFC fight that they're like, main event, bro, main event. Um, I've looked into who this guy is a little bit, quite frankly, in this last week, Mark. We talked about we're going to do this. We had to figure out who the fuck this guy was. Um, (laughs) Yeah, let me know. Well, I asked, I asked Junior, who is this guy? Because we should have Junior. Junior should be doing this podcast instead of us. <laughs> okay? My man Agreed. hit another, like, 10-fight parlay this weekend. Yeah. Um, granted, I gave him five of them, you know, <laughs> but uh, he got the rest of it. Um, this dude's out here smoking fools, man. He's from uh, KSW. It's a real goddamn promotion, but he was barely in KSW. Um, he beat up Saba, Sadabu C in PFL, which the guy who just had the wheel kick. That was five years ago, though. Um, it's hard to read. Um, Sean Strickland uh, is coming off of losing to uh, oh no he beat Imabov I'm sorry I was thinking about the Jared Cannonier fight he did come back and beat Bob, um back in January I didn't watch that I kind of zoned out of the Cannonier one to be honest too halfway through it um, betting odds for this one Mike Abu is not a very big underdog he is not what are the odds
0: Uh, I had it before. I got it. Uh, if I'm right, uh, Strickland is what, a minus 170
2: favorite? He is minus 170 to plus 145 for a boost. Um, who you got, buddy? I'm like three back of you now. I'm just you're, you. You have a real shot this year of taking this. I'm like three back. Now. Oh, shut up! I am. I'm three back.
0: Oh no, no, no. I, that that's a factual thing you just said. But go reach for your fucking sunglasses and your belt. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of year left. That. There's no. a lot of year left. Oh yeah, we're picking I'm seven fights next weekend. This. By the way,
2: I'm
0: never gonna win this. Um, three fights I could be thirteen fights up, all
2: right. I wouldn't
0: be. You're the Boston that Red Sox this. of this thing.
2: Hey, man, they won eventually. All right, who's your pick, buddy? I might th- I'm three back though, right? Uh, you are, but okay.
0: yeah, I mean, I I go I go first. I yeah. I'm still currently in first. Um, yeah, I'm still gonna pick Sean Strickland. Um, when he's not fighting like an absolute idiot, he actually is a pretty solid fighter. So. I will bank on him actually following the game plan.
2: So um, I'm doing the exact opposite of that, because I've seen this story before. Sean Strickland fights a guy who has no he has no business standing with, and then he stands with him and gets knocked out. I've seen this happen before. All right, yeah. Um, Mike, you might be right. He might have learned. I don't (laughs) think he did. did. I don't think he did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he did. You might be right. I could be wrong. I, I'd say I might, wrong. I'm probably wrong, slightly. But I'm going with the guy who just iced the guy in 19 seconds because it seems like the exact kind of guy Sean Strickland's like, well, I'm tough. I got this gun for getting the mail. And sure, I go out there and have a 25-minute snooze fest every two fucking months, three months. But yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I got I got the guy. I learned who he was this week. I, I, fuck it, why not? Mark, who do you got?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going with Strickland, too. Um, but there's not a – it. it, it the other side of the equation is kind of an anomaly. Um, you know, hey, he came into the UC, he had a very quick finish. Mm. Um, you know, he has a lot of knockouts. And to your point, too, we've seen Strickland make tactical mistakes, but still, when I look at his resume, most of the guys he loses are what I would consider to be, except for maybe, um, what was it, Ilya Dos Santos, so I don't really know where he falls in line now. Like, these are kind of some of the best guys in the division. You're talking about Do you, you, you know what it is, honestly, Mark, is that when
2: he loses, it reminds me of um, Peter Jan in that it's like he's not done anything wrong when he loses. Every time mm-hmm. he's lost, it's because of some, like, outside bullshit or it was a bad decision. Well, he takes no the responsibility. Fight was, I think the Alex fight was egregious. Where, like, no, and, I mean, like. His, that his, was his demeanor th- afterwards, I don't like he seems like he's just like maybe it's a character with this whole weird semi-racist homophobic character he's playing
0: but like he just its like
2: with Jan who's just like the second Jan lost that last fight I'm like he's gonna have every excuse in the fucking world that he just got outworked by fucking Mirab for 25 minutes and then he did it was was just the type of guy I didn't like that and I did not like Sean Strickland's responses to why he lost to the Cannoneer fight which he's like oh I got screwed out of it yada 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 man you know what the fight was fucking boring on your end you didn't do enough so yeah. you can't complain. Like.
1: Yeah, I, I think he does. You know, there, there are mental laps in some of his games where I think he just has bad game plans. And, th- and it could very well, like you said, Bobby, be the case where he's kind of like us or like when Cowboy fought, um, uh, not who, who is that kickboxer guy? Like he didn't really know who he was. Uh, the English guy. Leon? I can't remember. No, 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 no. The, the white oh, English man. guy that, that and was in Brazil. Oh, Till? Uh, yeah. Darren Till, yeah, oh, yeah. we was just like it could be one of those things where it's like eh, I'm not really familiar with this guy, I'm not taking it seriously, and then he gets capped. This guy like, doesn't even what? have
2: a Wikipedia page. I don't think Sean took that to Google. I'm, him. I'm on. Yeah, I'm telling I'm you,
1: on <laughs> I'm on Sharedog. I'm on now. Um, but yeah, it is like I don't know this other commodity, so it's hard to pick against someone like I, I've seen Sean and like Mike's point. We've seen him look really good. He's fought good competition and has good wins. We've
2: also seen him just come in and be lackadaisical. I'm I'm literally just taking a flyer and a guy I've never seen fight. Straight up. But I just, like, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the Yings, I'm like, these odds are not an accident. I don't think this, I don't think anybody saw this 19-second fight. I think people who know stuff are just like, hey, Sean Strickland's dumb enough to get knocked out by this dude. Right, I think that's fair. Mike, co-main event. Uh, My dude, you guys know I'm a big Damir Ismagulov fan. He kind of retired, when he lost to Armand Sarukian, but then came back, and now he's fighting Grant Dawson. You don't see a lot of fights like this where you got a guy who's very much a stand-up fighter facing a guy who's very much a grappler. Uh Grant Dawson's been in the UFC now for uh for a hot minute, honestly. Um he's nineteen and one. He showed up to the UFC at eleven and at a twelve and one. Um so seven wins, one no contest in there. Um and a lot of finishes, quite frankly. He's got 19 wins, 13 of those are submissions. The um, uh, Isma Gulov, as I mentioned, stand-up fighter, first suffered his first loss in fucking like 10 years when he lost to uh, Sarukian back in December. Before that, he rattled off uh, five straight UFC wins. And he was the M1 champion for the late 2010s too. Betting odds for this one are you got a buddy or not? I do,
0: yes. Um, Ismagulov is a minus 145 favorite. Uh, Grant Dawson is a slight underdog at plus 125.
2: All right, Mike, are you going with the double America pick? Or are we going to break it up here and go with my dude, Ismagulov? Just not to give away entirely who I'm picking, obviously.
0: Give Call me Apollo Creed because I'm rocking the star-spangled uh, boxers. I'm going with Grand Dawson.
2: Marcus,
1: what do you got? Uh, I'm going with Demir. Uh, I think it's a tough fight. It is one of these things, looking at the resumes, though, it's like, it's a lot of middling competition, right? Except when you look at Demir and um, Armin, right? I think Armin is kind of like that first big step up that was like, okay, this is the next generation of talent. And he lost that fight, but it was a close fight. It was a competitive fight. Um, Yeah, I hate it when he took that that fight.
2: I thought that was such a bad idea, but he pulled it off. (laughs)
1: but you know grant has you know it, the the conflicting styles i think is really compelling here because you know you look at grant his finishing rate is absurd with how many subs he has now demir hasn't i don't think he's ever been sub. no nope. he's only been decision twice so it, it's, a, it's a it's a compelling matchup with two rising stars and it is i feel like it's a tough one to pick because there's not a lot of big res big names on either resume to really be like oh we've seen this guy fight really high competition it's mostly they've been fighting what i would feel is in that kind of like right under top 15 caliber guys except for armin um so i think stylistically it's very this weight class is yeah, rough man you got dudes here who is, you're like who like i just winning like insane. 15
2: fucking fights out of 16 and you're like yeah i don't know who the fuck this guy is you know it's wild um i'm going with demir you guys know i'm a big demir mark here but also because you know i just think he's been taken down one time in these 6 ufc fights like he's he does he has a seventy-five percent takedown defense rate, but fucking on the other end of it is Dawson averages four, almost four takedowns a fight, three point eight takedowns per fight, which is a lot for a guy only fighting three round fights. That's a lot of takedowns. I'm just gonna be pretty clear, Mark, honestly, how this is gonna go. Like, if he can't get him down, I mean, I'm just gonna you can just write down Ismagulov by decision. He's gonna spend three rounds picking this guy apart sure. on his feet. <laughs> if he gets him down, and by the way, Islam, yeah, I mean, uh, Ismagulov himself has got a few takedowns in some of these fights, but like. I would, if, I, if I'm him, is just sprawl and fucking jab. That's what this fight's going to be, sprawl, jab, sprawl, jab, timing an uppercut or two. He's a very good technical fighter. These are both tight fights, honestly, to pick. Um, granted, I still don't know necessarily who I picked in the first one, who this guy is entirely. But I don't know. Like, I bet on the PFL this past weekend because, like, you get a lot of one-sided fights when the talent pool isn't as deep. UFC, man. These fights are close, even who it is, you know what I mean? Like, each one of these, even, like, when it's, like, a big UFC one is, like, that's why, like, I'm looking at, like, Volkanovski being minus 400 to 100 over Yair, and I'm like, holy fuck, like, that is so big. You know, when Ilya was minus 300 over Josh, granted, he trounced him, but, like, these are huge lines for the UFC, so, I don't know. Uh, The rest of this card, though, um, I like Arian Lipski, I don't know who she's fighting. Like Max Griffin, don't really know who he's fighting. And uh, let's just, you know, Kevin Lee's back, guys. Good for Kevin Lee. Um, Iana Santos is back on this one. Blagoy is curtain-jerking. So I got to watch the first fight of the night. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Got to watch the first fight of the night, Mike. Blagoy is going to be out there eating shots and just absorbing it. And it builds up his power Mm -hmm. for his return punches.
0: (laughs) You better better make some food that's going to last for a few hours then.
2: Yeah, um... Kevin Lee, since he's been gone, his brother has become rich and famous. It is not sure you guys follow Keith Lee on uh, Instagram. Not that Keith Lee, other Keith Lee. Um, you know about you don't know about this? Do you know about this, Mike? I well, we, I'm not sure we talked about it on the show, but Mike and Mark and I have talked about it. This dude's got mm-hmm. like millions and millions on Instagram and TikTok followers, and he just has a real like dry way of giving food reviews out in Vegas, like. I think every other place my brother tells me to eat in Vegas is because Keith Lee recommended. It. Like Keith Lee had his own Chipotle burrito at one he's, point in there.
1: He's he's very authentic. Like yeah. he just tells you like, and he likes to go to family restaurants and give them the shine. And it's 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 been a very wholesome experience. So you hear the stories yeah, yeah,
2: like yeah. people are like one person like works at one of these restaurants. Like I came into work uh, today and it was crazy. And I said, "What's going on?" And someone said, "Girl, you didn't see Keith Lee posted about us." then <laughs> the girl's like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, man. Kevin Lee, man. I'm a. He's only thirty years old. After all this, Mark. After all, we thought Kevin Lee's been in this forever and stuff. Fuck, man. He's only thirty years sure. old, and he was.
1: Yeah. He's still been stand
2: it. by, man. He was beating Tony's ass. This was like six years ago, but he was beating Tony's ass in that uh, interim title fight. But a lot of losses since then, man. He's lost uh, four of seven, and that only and that last win was him beating up Habib, beating up uh, Diego in that uh, bullshit Eagle FC thing. That you know. Existed for 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, think we do stuff we like. Yeah. Uh, no, Mike, why don't you leave that off?
0: Perfect. Because I have a very, very quick one. Um, my girlfriend bought these, like, Asiago cheese chips uh, this past weekend. And while I was uh, cooking, I started eating one. And then I just couldn't stop. So...
2: Asiago cheese chips, fucking amazing! Can we get a brand? Can we get a? T- is it like actual chip or is it like one of those like well, piece of? Cheese? Give me, give me, give me one set. No problem, Mike. Mike, this is this is live. I mean, happening. this is
0: important, right? I mean, mean who likes cheese products.
2: snacks. Let
1: me, like, you know, no, I can't, I can't do the salt stuff too much, but those sound yeah. good. Let's see
0: what we got going on here, Mike. Is this is. It is wisps, and it is to be specific asiago and pepper jack cheese crisps
2: oh that's pepper jack's oh, carrying some weight brother amazing that's important too don't forget we need that pepper jack in there give a little bite to it yeah give it and spice
0: yep. these particular ones are gluten and lactose free keto friendly what's up okay. all right that sounds good and you know because you we know go. i can't be falling out of ketosis you don't get this eight pack, uh, mm-hmm. volumatic yeah. guys. Yeah, eight
2: pack. That's definitely why. This is a good thing. This is you know, if this was a visual medium, Mike would say these exact same things because it's all accurate. <laughs> you know, I definitely called fucking Elon Musk a fat ass earlier. I'm definitely just got yoked up, yoked up myself. Um, all right. Got um, to, you got to keep that dick root. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Um, one, mine's real quick. So uh, this is going to, Mike's going to say, fuck you when I point this out. But when I was like growing up uh, as a basketball fan, team was real bad. And I really, my favorite thing to do was to watch the NBA draft. I think we have probably talked about this before back with Stefan. Uh, Cause I, me and Stefan used to watch the NBA draft together all the time. Um, we'd get together and re- more recent times. It was, we get wingstop or something, but like, we'd always get try to watch a draft together or at least watch it. You know, we weren't in the same place. We'd talk about it. And um and obviously we're very, very blessed to say the following, which is like my team got good and the NBA draft didn't matter for a while there, um, and even this year we are still pretty good, but like we got a pick and you know our team's doing some stuff, so it was like fun to watch the draft, um, and watch you know our new GM just make big swings at some things in that day where he traded a guy for a thirty-eight year old we've all been conditioned to hate for the last fucking ten years around here. But I like watching the NBA draft, man. I like watching these kids going out there, man. And they're, uh, I think the NBA draft is better than the NFL draft in that, just in terms of time, it's nice. You know, we get through it. It's only two rounds. I think it's only 10 minutes between picks in the first round. NBA was, I mean, NFL was 15 at one point. I might be down to 10. NFL draft overall, I might still enjoy more because I, you know, I have more time to convince myself. Because there's a big gap between the end of the NFL season and the NFL draft, it's like four months basketball fucking finals was what 10 days ago you know it ended like a week and a half ago maybe and they already do the draft Um so uh, yeah NBA draft that was uh, that was cool and uh, it's fucking 7 foot 5 guys out here to, you know eater of worlds. so good thing we won our championships now because this dude's coming I said the same thing about Anthony Davis Mike I remember I used to say Anthony Davis is coming good thing we got that ring Anthony Davis came uh, he got a ring and he'll yeah, be you know he'll be, one, he'll be back you know a day after tomorrow Tomorrow he's not useful. Day after tomorrow who might be able to play. That was a joke about inconsistency. Mike, you already went. Mark, what do you got?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too much this week. Um, but I did mention last week and I did I was able to start it up. Um I did get Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, the reviews came out. There was a lot of hype coming up to the game, and, and personally leading up to it, watching trailers and stuff. I was you know, Final Fantasy is a is a huge series, you know, numbered ones don't come super often. So I was interested to check it out, but my my personal hype levels weren't super high. Um, This was going more in the fantasy direction. I've always liked Final Fantasy, when it was a little bit more sci-fi. But yeah, there was a lot of hubbub around it. And I could say, after playing it, I I was immediately drawn in. Even though I do feel the, you know, I'm probably only like four hours in or so. I do feel it's a little cutscene heavy in the first couple hours it's a lot of narrative um you know they are building this you know every final fantasy game in and of itself is its own entity so there is lots of world building um and then this one and you know how magic works and how the summons and how you know there's lots to explain um but i would say like the story's been very engaging there have been some mechanical things they've done to the game to allow you to kind of understand and figure out what's going on. They have this thing called active lore that when you're watching a cutscene, you can actually touch the big uh touchpad and it'll show you, hey, these are the four characters on screen, you can read a little bio about them, figure out who they are, this is the location you're at. So it's very easy to be like, "Oh, I don't know who this person is or what's going on" and then click that and be like, "Okay, now I know. I'm caught up." Um which is interesting cuz a lot of times in games I don't like being interrupted through a story is like, oh, now I found a book and let me read three pages of text or something. This kind of being at your own leisure to be like, if you want to know who this character is and and because you you want to know what their relationship or something is, you can just click that and read a little blurb and kind of get that information very quickly. Um, You know, it's kind of like if you, and I think there's been a lot of comparisons to the story and high fantasy, like a Game of Thrones where it is kind of routed in kingdoms and different kind of vying powers and so it's it's convenient to watch a cutscene and be like well who are these guys who's this army and you click it's like okay they're, they're part of the north army or whatever they're part of the south army and this is the relationship with other people so it's nice to have that ability at my own leisure to be like okay i want to know what's going on here a little bit more and then after the fact as i realized that it's like sometimes i'd watch a cutscene and be like oh shit, i really wish i would have clicked on it and figured out a little bit more who these characters were um so outside of that i think that's a really interesting mechanic that i think a lot of people have really enjoyed in the game is being able to dig in at their leisure when they wanted more information the gameplay itself you know final fantasy has been changing over the years turn-based is long gone at this point it is a action-oriented game you are only controlling one character which is kind of Different, you know, I think 15 had a similar thing where you were just controlling one character and you had partners with you. You still have companions that fight with you, but you are just controlling this one person. And it the action is much more fast paced where you're doing multiple attacks, you have cooldowns for special abilities. I'm starting to gel with it a little bit more. It's getting easier. Some of the button placement what, has been you kind bought of this on PS5? It's only on PS5, it's, it's only PS5 on
0: exclusive.
1: Is that yeah. unusual? uh not necessarily for final fantasy for for a while okay. it's going to come to pc eventually and it'll probably come to xbox at some point as well but they've for remake i think 15 was also a ps4 exclusive um they have these exclusivity where it's like for the first 6 or i think by the end of the year it might go to pc although they still said like they're still working on a pc port there's no date in place just yet so it is a, a ps5 exclusive um this game is also the director is the person that worked on Final Fantasy XIV, which has been their long-running MMORPG, which historically, when it first came out, was an extremely bad... Sh- I mean, the, the game was so bad, they basically killed it and had to rebuild it, and then since then, it has been a Cinderella story, where like all the DLCs have been some of the best. A lot of people that play MMORPGs say Final Fantasy XIV is one of the very best ones. It has some of the best story building and characters. I personally, those aren't the type of games I'm interested in. But to see that team move on to a single-player game, that in and of itself was compelling. And again, from what I've played, you can tell a lot of money, time, and effort has gone into the game. It's a big spectacle game where you're dealing with these characters that turn into what has historically been the Final Fantasy Summons. And you have these big summon fights where the mechanics of the game completely change from it being an action oriented game to it being like an on-real shooter game or being kind of like some people have said some of the other ones look almost like a pro wrestling type of thing where you're just doing like big moves and slamming these big monsters into each other. And then you have all this kind of high fantasy lore driven stuff and character motivational whatever and you know having played you know a fairly a very small amount of the game like you know, just maybe four or five hours um it has definitely drawn me in um i've been enjoying the combat as it's slowly developing and i'm getting new abilities and that will only continue to increase and from what i heard there's lots of different types of abilities that you'll be able to play so you have different playstyles and stuff like that so overall it was one of these games that you know there was a lot of hype coming up around it i personally my personal hype level wasn't super high, but once I've started playing it, I like, oh, I really do enjoy this. This actually is quite an interesting product, um, and I definitely think at the end of the year, it'll be a contender. Now, this is, you know, we'll talk about it as the year goes on. Like, this is a, if everything comes out that they're saying that's going to come out this year, it's going to be an insane year. Tears of the Kingdom's already a massive game. Resident Evil 4 was fantastic. Dead Space remake was great. Um, we have Starfield coming out on Xbox. Spider-Man's coming out later this year. A new Mario. They, this last week they had a Nintendo Direct where they showed Super Mario RPG, which looks like a very fun remake of the Super Nintendo game. And a new side-scrolling Mario game. There's lots of stuff slated for the rest of the year, so it's going to be a heavy contender for Game of the Year. But to have a numbered Final Fantasy come out like this and do as well as it has um, and get the response that it did, because 15 didn't really hit the mark for a lot of people. I personally kind of enjoyed 15. I thought it was unique and um, very different from this series, but this one seems to be really gelling with a lot of people. So it's just, it's been a fantastic year for video games. And it's a kind of about time because we've had this new generation. It's been a slow roll. Um, you know, I definitely think COVID impacted a lot of that. Um, and it just, anytime there's a new generation, it just takes a couple years for all the developers to kind of get on the same page and start really developing these high-end products. And it definitely seems like this is the year we're, all that work is kind of coalescing into just having like hit after hit after hit. So um, Final Fantasy Sixteen, just another one, and you know, of the year.
2: So yeah, been enjoying it. All right, be back next week where we're gonna preview. Quite frankly, best card we're gonna see in a little bit of, a little bit of time here. Um, fucking stacked. Uh, UFC two ninety. Yeah. We're gonna preview next week, which I'm just giving it a cursory look here, guys. Pfft. Alex versus Yair, Moreno versus Pantoja, DDP versus Whittaker, Turner versus Hookter, Bo Nickel baptizing this Gore fellow. Fucking a Lawler a fucking versus view, Nico man. Price, Sean Brady versus Jack Della Maddalena We're going seven deep on these picks at least. Quite frankly, Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menefield could be discussed if need be. Um a little bit thin on the um early prelims, but people just pay five dollars for the ESPN+, Plus, so you know they don't deserve good stuff there. Um yeah, we're gonna preview that. Uh swear we're gonna wait, 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 let's see if um I forgot her name. Not Alexa, her teammate. Irene, who's lost? Maybe Irene set off a bad trend where the Mexican fighter hot streak came to an end when she went out there and froze a couple mm. weeks ago. We'll see. You know, we'll see if we come out of this one with any belts in Mexico, besides Alexa. Um Next week, I was Dr. Law, that was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. So, guys, there's this thing where people go and tell Dana White slap fighting is terrible on Instagram and tell him he slapped his wife, and his only response nice. is, You are a fake account. That's all he does. He okay. just tells them they have a fake account, no matter what they say. Like yeah. hey, well, I follow MMA, you. please stop giving me slap fighting stuff. He says fake account, fake account. Straight <laughs> up Donald Trump, like
1: man. If you like MMA, you love slap fighting, that exa- just goes exa- Exactly. Alright guys, peace out.